Welcome to the Biz Coach Show, brought to you by My Biz Coaches. Our show is focused on giving entrepreneurs the edge they need to succeed. Our guest today is Caitlin Penny, CEO and brand expert at Copper Theory Creative, a full-service branding and design agency. Copper Theory Creative has serviced over 100 businesses since 2016. They help business owners professionally amplify their brand and clearly represent their vision for their business. Caitlin has also earned the Young Professional of the Year Award from the National Association of Women Business Owners, and she's also the Arts Commissioner for the City of Chandler. Copper Theory Creative was also nominated for Small Business of the Year by the Chandler Chamber of Commerce. Learn more at coppertheorycreative.com. Well, Caitlin, it is great to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, we're excited. I know we've got uh, a lot of great topics that we want to pick your brain on, and uh, we are just uh, very grateful for your time and insight today. Uh, Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing great, David. Good to see you again. Yeah, always a pleasure. So good to hang out with you as always, Eric. Uh, well, Caitlin, I think before we dive into our topics for today, can you kind of tell us a bit about your journey? There's uh, quite a few accomplishments in there, and I'd love to kind of hear how that all played out. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's been a journey. So actually, August was seven years in business for Copper Theory Creative. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. I started the business back in 2016, but I think I should maybe take a step back or even before that and say that I was no, always a weird art kid. So <laughs> I've been entered into every art contest and I always grew up drawing and something always had to do with arts and crafts. Art plays a real big role in my life. And so by the time I was in high school, probably a junior, I'd say, I knew I wanted to be a graphic designer. I always knew that I was going to have art in my life somehow. So my parents were very supportive in their own way, meaning it was get a scholarship or join the military because you can't live here anymore. <laughs> so, this was before I even turned 18. So I got a scholarship and I ended up going to Collins College and got my BFA in fine arts and graphic design. And I spent a few years in the industry. I've worked at all women-owned print shops. I've worked at media companies. I've worked at consulting offices. And I've even worked at some nonprofits. And I, that's when I started my business in 2016. And I was a one-man show for about five years. And then I built out the team in the last couple, meaning now, instead of just design and print, we are full-service marketing and branding. Awesome. Well, that is super cool. Uh, thanks for kind of sharing that. And Eric, I'm curious, how did you and Caitlin first get connected? Yeah, so we uh, we had to confirm on that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> actually uh, met through a, uh, a peer of mine, uh, one of my referral partners. Uh, our name's Robin. Uh, we're an associate in a uh, networking group. But um, uh, I connected with uh, Caitlin then through LinkedIn, actually checked on her profile, make sure she was on the up and up, you know, and then I went to her site see kind of what what kind of work she did but uh we uh we scheduled a meeting we actually had initially a a, a a zoom call and then we followed up with a personal meeting but we found that there's a lot of collaboration opportunities for us so wanted to take that the next step but we we uh when we sp spoke last time i'm like you really should be on the show that would be a great opportunity yeah awesome thank you well very cool well, thanks for sharing a bit about your journey. And I'd be curious, can you give us a little bit more of an overview of Copper Theory Creative? You mentioned full service. Kind of what does that mean? And what are some of the clients that you serve? 
So now that means that we offer a multitude, multitude of services. We offer copywriting, branding, graphic design, social media, website development, SEO ads, and print. And so that means that no, I do not do it all by myself. <laughs> I have a team of five and each one of those people are individuals that I have met over time throughout networking. And I ask them to be part of the team and that just means that they actually all have business that they own offering that specific service. And I white label or outsource the copywriting or social media or anything else that I don't do because I am a brand expert. So I focus solely on all of the design things in business. And then we work as a team and we, we have a great time. Awesome. <laughs> always makes it more fun when you enjoy the people you work with, right? So that's awesome. Right. right. I mean, yeah, right. for everyone to make money. And yeah. so if that means owning your own business and working together instead of just saying, here's a referral, have a great day. I'd rather do that. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, today we are talking about building a better brand. So it seems like we got the right person for that uh, based on uh, what you just shared. And uh, I think when people hear branding, you know, that, that can be maybe a little nebulous. It's kind of a broad term. Can you help us break that down into maybe some specific elements? Right. So your branding, it, well, it's actually hard to break it down into specific elements, but branding is your whole entire business. So it means the experience you're offering to your clients, your visuals that you're producing, your digital presence, uh, the way you treat people, your brand voice, um, the services and products that you offer. I mean, anyone can start a business and see what sticks, right? Like you can throw spaghetti at a wall too, but let's be a little bit specific and niche things down and you know, it's your target market, your purpose, your values, your demographic, and all of those things combined create a representation of the brand. And then branding would be more so colors, fonts, everything that would keep things consistent within. And then also when you leave the room, how do people describe you? How do people describe what your business offers? And what does that look like? Nice. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great summary. Um, I think oftentimes, you know, I'll hear people kind of lump branding and marketing together, uh, but I'm curious from your perspective, are they different? And if so, how? Yeah, uh, I think they're different. Branding is the what, marketing is the how. So you can have all of the things aligned and everything looks super great in a fun folder on your computer, but what have you done with it? Um, and that's where we come in. We help you not only strategize, but also implement a marketing plan, get everything in order and make sure you have all the pieces that you need and then create a strategy based around your target market or maybe your goal that you want to accomplish. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Really I was going to say, one, one of the things that, um, that uh, resonates with me, uh, as you know, David, we've worked with some, uh, some marketing agencies. And um, you know, one of the one of the coach uh, uh, one of the opportunities to coach, particularly with marketing agency, seems to be in many cases um, stick to what you're good at, and uh, you know, and, and I think that that's you know that's true of any, particularly a service based business, and I probably relevant to any business, particularly in the, in not necessarily startup mode, but in the years one through three, one through five, somewhere in there, you really until you until you get to about the first million dollars in revenue you really stick to one product one scheme one concept and the challenge becomes is that you know well i should do this and i should do this and i should do that and you start adding in these other components of the business when you're not even doing the first one really well 
And so what we found in the past is that you, if you kind of strip that down, and I'm talking about from a service provider perspective, when you strip it down, you focus on the one thing that you do really well, that's generally uh, where you're going to find the results. Ironically, in, in Caitlin's case, what she's been able to do is she's brought in other people who focus on what they do and be able to bring that together as a collective solution, which what I like about that is, and, and as you know, David, we recently had conversations even about my best coaches, the branding, right? keeping branding consistent between some of the different projects that we have, not just with, uh, you got my biz coach and then, you know, then you got the biz coach show and, and, you know, you got the newsletter and you got some other components of that. And then you have our social media. And I don't think that, you know, they, many of them were definitely not because I created them all uh, not consistent from a brand perspective, you know, color schemes and things like that. So, uh, you know, and I, I see a lot of clients uh, that also struggle with that perspective because they don't look at it from a holistic perspective so they had they you know, somebody like caitlin who can come in and say okay we need to tie these things together so i know that was one of the things that really drew me to what caitlin was doing and, and the strategy behind the way that she built the business model and what she's been growing over the last couple of years yeah absolutely yeah i'd be curious maybe maybe to pick that apart a little bit more caitlin as you know i think about you know people that might watch this or listen to this right they're small business owners and and branding may seem like something you know a larger company does that's like an enterprise level thing to engage in uh, i'd be curious from your perspective why is it important for a small business um, to focus on branding even in those early stages i think it's very important to focus on it i understand that you know, in the beginning, everyone's kind of bootstrapping and figuring out how to accomplish all of the things that you think you need for business. But in reality, if you just look at your business plan and maybe your business values. So, for example, we have a few different values here at Copper Theory. I Our tagline is go change the world in your own way. I want to know that you believe that you are doing that. And so I always conduct an interview with our potential clients. And I like, you know, that's how Eric and I got together is I like having the conversation. And that tells me all the whys about the business, why you started this, because most people didn't start their business for finance or marketing. So we want to figure out how we can help you. And then it's, you know, once you get maybe over the hump of the DIY way of doing things, it's always great to invest in someone that is an expert or a professional at what what they do. So you can go out and be the expert at what you do. Why waste time in Canva trying to design something for three hours that you might not have the colors, fonts, you're just guessing at this point. And, you know, maybe it's not a high resolution logo file that you're using. Well, instead, we'd have all of those things in a folder organized. And I'd probably be able to do it in a fraction of the time that you are trying to figure out how to do Canva, how to export it, how to design something, because if you don't have a creative eye, it's not, it's not going to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I actually have a talk that I do and uh, it's five ways to make sure your brand isn't holding you back. And number five is your Canva subscription does not make you a designer. So hire you've just now officially offended David. I know. I'm sorry, David. I know, no, no, no. I know. I, I'm a no about it. I know that some people can only uh, hear us and not see us, but I usually get the hand over the face, like don't don't pick me out of the crowd. <laughs> so it's not me, I swear. <laughs> and so, I mean, why not create a strategy? And I didn't even really finish the the rest of the values, but you know, when you have certain values in business, it also I figured out that 
it not only attracts the right clientele that you want to be working with, but mm-hmm. my whole entire team shows the same values. And those are change the world in your own way, give back to the community in some type of way, and be passionate about what you do. Awesome. I love it. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a great segue into my, my next thought or question for you, which is, when somebody's designing a product or a service, I think oftentimes, you know, they, they focus on the function or, you know, how they're going to accomplish it, the process, whatever it is. Why is it important? Or I guess, how does the aesthetic of that product or service or maybe the artistry that goes into it uh, improve the perceived value of it? Well, I'm going to give you a good analogy here. You wouldn't show up to an interview for a job that you really want in sweatpants, would you? I wouldn't. I don't know about Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Well, trust everyone out there. If you really wanted this job, you're probably going to dress like you want it, right? And so, you know, why not make sure that the message is clear and you're showing up for the reason that you want to help your clientele, you know, make it a statement, you know, have good visuals that identify and communicate the, the reason that you want to help them and the, the problem that they're having, whether it's a pain point or a pleasure point, you're giving them a solution on how they could advance or amplify their brand. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Eric and I have talked about this one, you know, a pet peeve I have is, you know, companies that don't have a website period or it's, you know, built in 1990. Right. So some of those things, but I think it's important, right. For the small business owner to look at that and say, Hey, if you have two companies, that provide comparable services at a comparable price, but one of them just looks better. You know, it's more polished. The the logo's better. The fonts are better. You know, even if they don't understand why it looks better, they don't understand the graphic element behind it. It's clearly going to stand out as well. I'm going to go with that one, right? And I think that people uh, underestimate the impact that that has. Yeah, and it's all about first impression. And so, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the website thing, because I always say, you know, not having social media is like not having a website in 2005. Everything in the digital space is a credibility or a brand awareness thing at this point. Whether you're super active or not also is very important. But at the same time, why not just have that good website put together for people to be able to contact you? And then, uh, you know, touching on your functionality point, yeah, it, it has to also be user friendly because if I go to the website and they can't find where your services are, I'm just going to go to the next one. I mean, especially with social media nowadays, the attention span is that of a gnat. I'm pretty sure it's about three seconds at this point with anything online. And you, I, you know, with touch points and everything, I think what did it used to be seven, it's more like 20 now. So why, why not be the best looking website account brand that you could be and make that great first impression? Yeah. Makes sense. I got I, I got to admit, I actually stole your quote the other day. I actually used it in a meeting. We were having a conversation. Uh, we're doing an event in, uh, in a couple of weeks. And when we're doing, and I mentioned to the people we were partnering up with for the event, I said to him, I said, you know, I heard the other day from somebody that said that the, uh, having social media was the equivalent of uh, not having social media today was the equivalent of not having a website in 2005. And they were like, wow. <laughs> pretty strong. I know I should have started this whole conversation with warning label, please. Um, I really don't hold back as far as branding goes. I'm that passionate about it. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. and I touched on speaking too. If you're a speaker, an author, or, you know, even a coach like Eric, 
and you're you're talking in front of people. I mean, people are making that purchase based on emotion and then justifying it later. And so, you know, having having that having social media is just super important nowadays because I could be on stage and I'm talking right in front of you or you see me in the flesh right here. And then the first thing that your audience is going to do is go home and look you up on Instagram to make sure you're real. If they're not doing it while you're talking. Right. Yeah. Or they could just be scrolling. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but it's, it's the world we live in today. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great point. I actually was, uh, I saw a gentleman speak. He's an Instagram influencer in the mortgage industry. And uh, we were, it was a, it was a real estate event that I was at. It was like 225 people in the room or something like that. And he's, he's up on stage and he did a quick demonstration. He did a live demonstration with his Instagram feed on, on the, on the big screen. And, uh, but as he's talking, he's sharing these statistics. I have 156,000 followers and blah, 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 blah. And he's talking about the content that he built and everything and what his site. So as he's talking, I'm on my phone looking him up and I'm like, okay, let's see if he's really. <laughs> and, totally. but, and, and then I'm going <laughs> through all the stuff that he's posted. Uh, and it was kind of interesting just the, the, um, the, to your point, my natural inclination was to go and do my research. Yeah. And then from there, I went and looked at his LinkedIn profile and I went through his website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then it makes so much sense because if you think about it, top search engines besides Google are Pinterest and YouTube, and then TikTok is, is creeping up there, especially with the younger generation. They use TikTok as a search engine to find the nearest bar or what's cool in Phoenix or um, just the most trendy thing. And so, why not make sure that you're present on there? Yeah. No, and, and to your point, I think you, I, I mean, as a coach, that's one of the big things we say today is that you cannot not have. Uh, some social media presence. And if you're going to be on any of them, you know, we give them in a, in a certain order. As a matter of fact, what would your order be? What would be, uh, what would be the two, three top so- suggestions for social media for somebody? Ooh, suggestions overall. Um, yeah. So my suggestions would be to be consistent. Um, you know, posting a few times a week is always good. If you can post every day, uh, do that. Um, and then be genuine. And I know being authentic, it's like a buzzword at this point, but honestly with the algorithms and the amount of people that are on, what is there like 15 million billion users on Facebook? I don't even know, but it's like, it's that much, right? Um, They can see right through it. It's the same as standing in front of you. And if I was just spouting off lies to you, you're going to, you're going to be able to tell first, I'm not a good liar. But second, you're probably going to be able to tell that I'm BSing you. Right. And so, you know, talk about the things that you like, talk about the things that relate to your brand and be genuine, tell a story. Um, And that all plays into the algorithm as well. And if you don't know anything about the algorithms, ask someone about it. It's like magic at this point, because, you know, not even us marketers know when it changes or when it gets altered and figure out what works right now. But then also, as far as social media as a whole goes, I would suggest to your point earlier, getting good at one thing and then moving on. You don't have to be on every single social media platform. I'm not. Um, You know, where is your audience and at what time of day are they interacting on that app? And that's when you should post and that's where you should be. Appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think, um, you know, some great points on, you know, some some stuff that every business owner should be thinking about. And I'm curious, 
why is it important for business owners to invest in branding again, especially maybe if they're, you know, in the first couple of years of starting their business? Mm. Uh, they should definitely invest in it because like I said, it, it is your first impression and people want to know that you're serious about business and the better you look and the more professional you look online, the, the easier it is for people to invest in you. And then, you know, if you want, if you have an exit plan, if you want to sell the business at some point, and know it's not something we've even touched on yet, but if you want to get there, I mean, how do you, it's part of the valuation at this point. And yeah. how do you hand that off to someone with a legitimate number attached to it? If you don't have anything going on within the brand, you have to be very clear with every single effort that you have within your marketing strategy and branding. And so you, on top of producing great content on top of having great visuals, also think about how you represent your brand in the room, like as a person standing in a networking group. Yeah. So, so fair to say based on that, that branding not only helps, you know, the perceived value of your products and services, but also potentially valuation of your business. If it's well-branded, is that a, a fair assessment? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the better organized that you are as a brand, the easier it is to be referred or known by, you know, by word of mouth. I mean, if we're talking about if you want to be Nike or Apple here, how did they do it? They had specific demographics that they were targeting. Um, they knew what they were selling. They knew what kind of people were going to buy it. And then they kept evolving as brands and they didn't just let it sit here for 30 years or not update update their website in 20 years. And they evolve because you evolve as a person. And if you're a small business, your business is also evolving. So why not pay attention as things happen? And it's okay if things change. I mean, you've changed and that probably is for the better. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I was gonna, I was just gonna add to that. Yeah, I think that the uh, ironically, as I'm hearing her say that, and I'm 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 definitely a culprit of, you know, get the website up, get it, you know, get it where it needs to be, and then we're good with it, right? And and so much more today. Not only is it your calling card, not as a, you know, and it, and, and when I say website, I'm literally talking about all your digital presence. I'm talking about your your Google profile. I'm talking about whatever you have on social media, whatever you whatever presence you have out there, you've got to keep it fresher. <laughs> Even if it's not every day, to your point, it needs to be updated and, and consistent. Right. Uh, but yeah, we were, I was, I was guilty of not being consistent with the branding. I, you know, I'd take the time and set up the profile and then I'm like, oh, I'll come back and do that later. But, you know, it has the wrong web link on it. It has the wrong this on it. It doesn't have the same calendar connection because I switched calendars and didn't update it. I mean, it's just, Simple things like that that you just take for granted that over time as you start spreading around and then, you know, oh, I should have, you know, Facebook isn't the place to be. Now it's Instagram. So I pop up an Instagram account, I don't know, four or five years ago, I think it was. And, you know, I throw in, I throw together an Instagram account and attach it to my what was at that time the coaching profile that I had, which is not my biz coaches because we rebranded three years ago. And when I rebrand, I never went back and cleaned those profiles up. And, and I'm just like... So you just got all these sporadic um, accounts everywhere with no consistency amongst them. And, and that's where I see, like I said, I, I, I see clients doing what I did and I realize I'm like, no, I mean, as, as a, as a, as a consumer, 
I look at that and I'm like, oh, that's so disconnected. That's that's almost you know, it's it's hard for me. You know, it's like I'm like, uh, is this the same company? You know, is this are you, are you even doing the same thing? Is this service the same service? And it's I think that uh, lots of times clients don't can't make that our, our clients, but business owners don't make that correlation. They don't realize that it's that, that it's uh, particularly for. And we had this conversation, Caitlin. I say it's 45. I draw the line in the sand at 45. Anybody older than 45 really doesn't isn't as familiar with digital media but anybody younger than 45 that's their first solution you know it's 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 some form of digital media and it's not necessarily a website it's typically something on social in social media space yeah i mean uh, they grew up in that space i mean even myself i remember like i've always had a computer it's never not been a thing you know and so versed in the online situations and, and marketing and platforms and everything that happens on the internet, um, it comes naturally to them. So if you're looking like it's not so much coming as naturally, they think you're out of business. They think you don't yeah. exist anymore. Interesting. Yeah, and it could, you know, and you can have everything going on. I mean, I was talking to this company yesterday, and he's like, "Here's my Instagram. I haven't touched it in five years." And I was like, "Oh boy, okay." <laughs> so, and you know, and the more time you let go by, and uh, the, you know, in the in between, um, the harder it is to start over. The harder it is to um, keep yourself accountable with that. And then, you know, I I get a lot. So I I mean, I can relate. So my personal social media, you'll see my toes in the sand every six months, you know, and I'm just not a social media person. Listen, I do it all day. I don't want to, I don't want to sit on my couch and also do (laughs) after hours, if there are any after hours, but still, um, I don't want to do it. It's like a job to me. And so I get the, if you, I don't want to do it. Can you help me? I hate social media. Can you help me? please help me somehow. Like, <laughs> just don't <laughs> hire a professional if you don't want to do it because it's a credibility thing. And if you want to get noticed, you have to have an online presence. I mean, and we can even go back as far as talking about the pandemic too. Everyone freaked out. And to be honest with you, I was designing trade show booths before the pandemic. I wasn't doing digital marketing here and there, but if you didn't, if you had a brick and mortar and didn't have an online place to order things or order food or buy yeah. things, uh, you were dead. Right. Yeah. And so why not prepare for that now? Not not yeah. saying it's going to happen again, but yeah, to your point, that's a, that's a wake up call for a lot of people, because not only did the pandemic put a lot of people out of business, uh, but it also made a lot of other people who maybe didn't go out of business quickly to identify that I've got to be able to pivot in a, in, in, in a moment if I need to. And yeah. You know, if, if, if you could go back to 2008 with the the, the real estate uh, issue that we had then, and then you couple that with uh, what happened with the pandemic, which were only 10 years apart, 11 years apart, and you could say in the last 20 years we've had three or four major, or at least reasonably significant disruptions that have yeah. affected businesses dramatically. Because you go to 9/11, then you can go to 2008. Uh, there was another spit in uh to whatever was it 2017 i think it was and then there was uh um 2009 or 20 with uh with the pandemic and and every one of those scenarios small business owners which are my target audience and yours as well right small business owners have been crushed in many cases 
and so much so because they don't have capital reserves, they don't have things in place. And I think that, um, you know, what, what 2008 proved for a lot of people, because what happened in 2008 is a lot of companies, if they didn't have a web presence, um, one that hurt them dramatically because people stopped buying. And when they did buy, they were figuring out how any business who was in place was trying to figure out how they can do things more cost effectively. Outsourcing went over the top, right? And so it was like, I'm not going to have an in-house marketing team. I'm going to have, I'm going to outsource it. I don't need to be paying somebody to be in-house marketing. I'm going to outsource it. So it created opportunities, but it also it puts other people in a different spot. And it, so anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that I think that the, to your point about the pandemic is that it again opened our eyes to the opportunity that we just got to be prepared to pivot. And every small business owner has got to be prepared to pivot in a moment's notice, because if they're not uh, flexible, uh, that it's, it's going to hurt them dramatically because they don't have the reserves that a Walmart or a Target or, or, you know, any of these big companies, Apple's and, and, you know, whatever, right. Tesla, they don't have the big reserves that they, they can ride out at a loss for two or three years. Um, right. The average small business owner is 60 days from insolvency. Makes so sense. That's, that's an important component that I think that a lot of people have to recognize. And I, I you know, it doesn't directly relate to, to marketing, but I think it's, it's an important component to your point when, when you think about digitizing automating, which is one of my big, uh, things that I, I challenge everybody. I said, if you don't have a site that can transact business, you're not really in business, in my opinion, at this day and age. Yeah, I think it's super important because a lot of the times, I mean, small business owners are a one man show or they have a very small team. So to, to your point, it has to come down to what you can do, what they can do and what can be automated. Yep. Yeah. Well, we've, we've talked about a couple of things. So one is you should have a website, a good website. You should have social media and be active, right? Um, you know, change things often, I think was something else you mentioned. What are some of the other maybe mistakes that you see business owners make when it comes to their brand, which ultimately hurts their competitiveness in a good market or a bad market, right? To tie in your point, Eric. So what are some of those mistakes that you see business owners make? I The biggest mistake I see business owners making is trying to do everything themselves. I know that kind of plays into our previous point, but you can't, you can't grow if you're alone. And so why not have a team that can help you? And whether that is outsourced or not is up to you of how the, in the things work within your business. Um, but that's actually our tar target market in a way uh, to explain that further. You know, we work with a lot of companies that are smaller, but are looking, know they need marketing are tired of the DIY success approach and are looking to hire internally, but maybe don't realize how much that costs. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I had, I was working with a company based out of California and they were a jewelry company and she was a one man show. She had someone helping them package and send things out. But other than that, it was just her. And then she was going to go and hire someone internal for marketing. I don't know if you guys know this, and I know the numbers aren't exactly the same in Arizona, but in the state of California, you have to at least double minimum wage. And then that doesn't include benefits, taxes, or anything else like that that you're putting on top of that. So she was looking at paying them more than she pays herself every year. And so what we did is we came to her and said, hey, I have this team that can help you. We can do more than just one thing at a time and we can do rebrand. We can do website. We can do social media. We can do ads. And we had this huge package for her and it still came in at about half the amount of money 
that she would have spent on just hiring someone full time. And from previous experience, um, you know, working in other organizations, if you have one person as the marketing team, that's only going to last for about six months until people are burnt out <laughs> because one person can't do everything. Right. Well, even if they could, they don't do it well, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned in working with more marketers and, and, you know, even getting to know a little bit about your business model, Caitlin, the, the thing that I've realized is that you, if you have somebody who's good at pay-per-click and, and maybe one or two other things, they're probably not so good at SEO. They're probably not very good or well-versed on social media. Um, you know, if they're good at social media and they're good at, um, you know, something else, then they're probably not good at email marketing or, or, or cold campaigns, cold email campaigns or something like that. And so it's just because, and, and even then, as you venture into a new topic or category, I should say, um, and not having experience in it, it, there's a learning curve there. And it's a pretty significant right. learning curve for every one of those new disciplines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And why not? Yeah. Why not just pair everybody up or put a team together and have them do the thing that they're passionate about or what they're good at? Uh, because like you said, you're going to lose time on that one. Yeah, totally. Uh, money and time. Money and time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I thought the biggest mistake was going to be using canned fonts like papyrus, but I guess I was wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No comic sans either, I swear. Um, so, I'm sure you've so seen it all. Oh my gosh, I actually have some memes on my uh, my Instagram that but. crap about Comic Sans. But the funny the funny part is is love my parents to death, but I hate driving inside of their housing uh, complex because the sign is papyrus, and I just want to burn it to the ground. Just <laughs> like everybody that wanted to do something natural, and I'm giving quotes here, guys, with my hands, like natural yeah. or organic or. Yeah. Um, Arizona has a real bad reputation at using papyrus for things because it looks dusty and d deserty. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, this is the one, like, this is what came in your Word Microsoft package. This is in Microsoft <laughs> Office. And um, it makes me, it makes my heart hurt a little bit every time I see it. And I'm like, please, if you're like a health spa, for the love of God, please don't use it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, knew, I knew it would be in there somewhere i said draw it out, you know? there's always like a constant fire inside and i just like throw fonts in there that are <laughs> terrible <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the irony of that whole thing i have no idea what you guys are doing <laughs> <laughs> okay so you you may have you know yeah, we'll fill you later, Eric. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's, that's not my space. Right, right. That's well, why I met like, <laughs> My space is where I taught myself how to code. Come on now. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's so many, and that's the other thing too to play into like the professionalism though. If you're using those fonts, like in all like, in all seriousness, we can all tell, and we can all tell you did it yourself, and we all, all can tell that you did it. The DIY way of things, and no one. I mean, I'm probably like giving you a, an extra hard time because I'm a designer, so I see that, and like my eyes turn fiery red. But <laughs> we can tell that it's not as professional as it could be. And if you have yeah. such a great message, it kills it. It kills it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, makes sense to me. Well, awesome. Well, we we've talked a lot about kind of you know 
the digital space, website, social media, et cetera, right? I'd be curious, like then transitioning to maybe more traditional methods, whether that's, you know, print or maybe networking, which I know you do a ton of networking and have some expertise on that. How can business owners leverage their brand through networking? Okay. So, um, you know, as far as a networking group goes, yes, you can always bring a business card or a takeaway item or a swag item. If you're at a trade show, there's lots of fun ways to do that. And it's always a great idea to mix traditional and digital marketing together. Um, but as far as networking as a whole goes, I probably network way too much. I probably network 60 hours a month or so because I'm a crazy person. And I do have some good pointers that I figured out along the way. And right. some of those would be one, if you walk into a room and you're not feeling it, by all means, leave. <laughs> it is not your place. And I know, again, warning label for Caitlin, please. But <laughs> if you walk in and you have a gut feeling that these are not your people, that it's not the right place that you should be in, um, nothing lined up to make this happen every, you know, everything your day was fire until now. And then you're just adding this networking group on top of it and you're already in a bad mood. Um, if you're, if you're not feeling the people, they're probably not your people anyways. Um, I, you have to vibe with them. You have to vibe with your clients, David, you have to vibe with your clients, Eric. And if you don't, like, you probably don't want to work with them and you're probably going to resent them down the line. So let's just not, let's just kill it now. And as far as just standing there and talking to people, don't be a wallflower, you know? Um, my, my belief is you can't be a small business owner and not talk to anyone. So don't let the scared version of you inside let tell you what to do while you're standing in a room full of 200 people that you don't know go and say hi and a better way to prepare yourself for that if you're actually that nervous would be to know why you're showing up why they're showing up um what they're trying to get out of it and what you're trying to get out of it and if those answers don't align um it might not be the right person to talk to but then go ahead and look at the guest list if it's available before you show up and pick five people you want to talk to and then find them and book them on your calendar right there in in the flesh before you leave the event you can take their business card it's great but you can't see it but i have a whole entire box like a in a, a way too big of a box full of business cards underneath my desk. Do they all go into a CRM? Yes. Um, is that the easy way to do it? No. So another suggestion I would have is I have an app on my phone. It's called Popple. And it's one of those digital business cards. And the reason I like that one is because when you scan it, it gives me, it allows you to give me whatever information you'd like. Um, and then when you do that, you get to see my full-on profile and you get to save my contact right then and there. You get to book my calendar link right then and there. And then it also tracks my me as a person and it says, hey, there's tags on this, geographical tags, and we met here on this day at this time and this person gave you name, information, et cetera. That way I go home and two days go by and my app says, hey, have you connected with Eric? And if I haven't, it gives me a good reason to reach out to you. Um, but at the same time, it allows me to track everything. So it serves as a tiny CRM on the back end of things. And then it makes it easier because you don't have to pay someone to put a box full of business cards in a CRM for you. Any of us in this room have ever done that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, should I keep these? 
<laughs> so, okay, Caitlin, would you say, I, I, I believe I know the answer to this, but I ask it anyway, is if you are not effective in those networking interactions or you are, are that wallflower, does that have a negative impact or does that skew the perception of somebody's brand? It does. Um, it, 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 it makes it weird. <laughs> I think if you just show up and stand there and stare at people, it's totally weird <laughs> because everyone yeah. there is to get something out of it. Usually whether it's a social event or a specific business event, it does not matter if you're the weird person at the end of the table, not talking, it's still weird. <laughs> yeah. no, and I, I, I think you're right. Sorry. <laughs> No, no, you're fine. Um, I think the best way, if you really want to force yourself out of that, is to have an it thing. Mm. And an it thing, I am known as, you can see in my picture that you guys so kindly put on the front of the episode, um, I always wear floral blazers or a hat. Don't blame me right now because I'm sitting in my home and I'm not wearing either one of them. But when I'm at a networking event, I always wear a blazer or I always wear a hat or, you know, maybe both. And I am now known as the hat girl. First of all, you can find me in a room if no one else is wearing a hat. So you're welcome. And second, I just love a floral blazer. So, <laughs> But have cool earrings, have a neat tie, give people cool things. I don't know. Some guy that I know walks around with chapstick and gives people chapstick. I don't know. I think that's cool. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I remember him as a guy with chapstick. <laughs> yeah. No, I, the reason I wanted to ask you that was I think I think it's important for people to understand that there's associations that get made to your brand right with those interactions. And so mm -hmm. if it's an awkward interaction, there's no interaction and they're like that guy's just sitting there staring at everybody. Right. Then next time they see your brand, they're probably going to associate that feeling right. with the brand. Right. And I think right. Absolutely. often don't understand that. So thanks yeah. for right. letting me uh, cover that. Yeah. Do you guys have an it thing? Nope. I don't. <laughs> so my, my, mine, I don't have to work. So I'm six five. So I'm I'm the hey, who's that tall guy at the event? So that's really that's guy. my yeah. That's the easy. Tall guy with you, baby you face. That's that usually one. what people remember. <laughs> yeah. I, I can be I can be the guy that doesn't uh, that doesn't want to talk at times. So I usually make it a point um, when I'm going to a place. I do. I learned to go and find somebody beforehand. I, I go through and and see who's going to be there, and I look for those individuals. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I've either connected with them in social media or LinkedIn or something like that. Now I walk right up to them because mm -hmm. I've, I've got some kind of connection with them. So now I can make that connection. Now I've gotten around enough that everybody kind of knows me. At least yeah, I can walk into pretty much any room and half a dozen to a dozen people will know me. Uh, and so for the most part, yeah. And so, but uh, it's just, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm in more introvert. So uh, once you get me talking, that's not the issue. It's just making the initial introduction is my challenge. So I also will partner with people when I network. Mm -hmm. So I'll take somebody with me who's the outgoing, personable person that, you know, will introduce me to people because they don't have any problem walking up talking to anybody. And they'll, they'll go around and introduce me to people. So I, I used to try and partner up when I go on out. Yeah. And I guess my only suggestion to that would be too. I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful idea. And I love showing up to a networking event with some of my team because then we get the best of both worlds. Um, but my suggestion though, would be, you know, while you do have those five people you might want to talk to, um, don't be a status shopper if someone else decides to talk to you, meaning don't keep looking over their shoulder for someone else because it makes oh, them feel like that's important. a great point. Yeah. Um, 
instead of doing that, you know, while you're trying to find these people and you're making your way through, cause it's not just like a straight shot. Let's be real. Um, find something that you can compliment someone on or say, Hey, like you have, you know, you have cool shoes or just be friendly, like cheer somebody. It doesn't have to be complicated, but don't let them think that you're not interested in talking to them because you're talking to somebody else or you're looking mm. for something else. Yeah. That's a great point. Or just ask them if they know them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that awesome advice for networking. You kind of mentioned like trade shows or other events, anything else you want to touch on kind of in that space and how to leverage branding in those engagements? Yeah, we've got a handful of events coming up. I'd love some tips there. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yes. So I, I think we could totally kill it in a room, Eric, just saying. Um, <laughs> it and it would be a great time. And I'd be like, hey, have you met my friend Eric? Um, there you go. <laughs> as, yeah, yeah. As far as, uh, you know, trade show and print stuff. So uh, like I mentioned, I worked at an all-women-owned print shop in my earlier years. And that's how I actually got into vendor and trade shows stuff so i can design and print anything that you want including swag items for that kind of thing or event um but it's super important to have a checklist and i actually have a checklist i can send you if you guys want me to do that for you um of everything that you have at an event if you're the speaker um Mm. or a presenter or having a booth and so how to brand the room when you haven't even ever been in the room until just now and that's everything from simple things like signs and business cards to what you're giving away and then my you know one of and this is not something you've never heard before but always interact like have a way or have something for them to do mm. if they are stopping by to talk to you and it's don't just like ask them to buy your book you know <laughs> like um have them do something and everyone does candy and a giveaway and a gift card and all that stuff but if you can gamify it in some way or form i would do that i think one of the most genius ideas i've ever heard is I was actually listening to another podcast and this guy um, said that he created a campaign, a marketing campaign, go figure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he sent out a bunch of postcards. He advertised on social media and made sure it was a thing on his website that he was going to be at this event. Everyone knew on his email list that he was going to be there. Well, he started putting out these messages, sent out a postcard. Um, that week he had the touch points before you showed up to the event. And he mailed everyone a key to his treasure box and the treasure box was on the vendor booth table and he had lines forever because there was only one winner to the treasure box and what the prize was inside. I don't even think anybody knew what the prize was. They just wanted to know if the key worked. (laughs) Um, And so they had certain times of day that they would ask you, to stop by and they would keep you updated. Um, I think they like did through an app or something about if someone won and it would still give you a reason to stop by or come back. Um, the reason why people kept coming back is because they wanted, there was so much excitement built around it. They wanted to see who won and what the prize was. So he didn't tell anyone. And then when there was a lines and lines and lines of people, even if the key didn't work, he would stop and talk to them when they were done fidgeting around and trying to see if they won. He would say, hey, well, I have this other thing that we can do or talk about or this other list that you can sign up for or this other free giveaway. So like you're 
you know, you didn't lose, but you kind of did. And now we get to talk. <laughs> um, so he was constantly engaging and I, I'm actually going to reach out to that guy and be like, tell me everything about this because I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Mm -hmm. Nice. What is oh, the weirdest cool. thing you've been into at a trade show? Yeah. Anything? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just said, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen at a trade show? Oh, Anything? Um, weirdest <laughs> thing. So. <laughs> I've just um, seen some really bad, like, vendor booths. That That's what I'm, I'm in my brain going through, like, you know, no branding, just really mm -hmm. awkward, you know, like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just, take your yeah information. just like I go out of my way to avoid it, you know, just kind of those. That, that's what went in my brain. I started laughing with the visuals of that. But. <laughs> now, I, well, I was thinking unique. I, I actually, not bad, but actually it was kind of cool. But um, they actually had a, um, what is it, electronic bowl. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they had the electronic bowl. And of course it was here in Arizona, so go figure, right? But um, yeah, they had an electronic bowl and people were coming up trying to ride the electronic bowl. I have no idea what they were selling, but they had a line of people <laughs> waiting to ride the bowl. <laughs> so there's always something and yeah. it doesn't just have to be candy or, you know, swag items, because even when it comes to swag items, too, I think God, a lot like swag items have a pretty good like percentage rate as far as staying in someone's closet or drawer for forever um if it's functional or if you think it's cool but do you stay top of mind is a question and you know you can always do a pen you can always do a notebook or something normal but you know what can you do and even to david's point what you know thinking of all of the the terrible versions of this what can you do to make that better or what can you make sure not to do Right. And how to yeah. improve the customer experience because it doesn't matter what you're selling because you want to ride a ball. And then you get the information later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I actually, uh, that, to that point, I was actually thinking to myself as I was even saying, I'm like, I wonder if that's actually a bad thing because it's like, it was such a draw that I wonder how many people actually paid attention to what was, what they were even there for. Well, um, the smart thing would have been to have them sign up on some sort of form yeah. or give them mm -hmm. your information before you got to ride right. the bull, giving them, right. you know, giving them something after saying, I'm so glad you had fun. This is what yeah. we do and why there's a bull here. Um, I think it plays into like the storytelling piece. Like, how does it all right. connect to each other? It, it, that's your point. If it was because I didn't go and ride the bull. <laughs> <laughs> why not? I did that. I did that one. <laughs> I did it once on a real bull, and I will never do that again. So we don't need it. Wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole that's other a, podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's another story for another show for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no, my whole point was is I'm like I'm wondering, you know, at, in retrospect, you, to your point, you have to get people to sign up or whatever because the uh, the challenge would be it would be easily lost on the intent, mm -hmm. right? Well, you know, it's like you get all these people there, but. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it's kind of interesting perspective when you think about that. It's like, did they actually get the result from it? Because it seems like it could have been distractive. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to have this strategy just like you do online. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. 
Well, just a couple of things I want to pick your brain on. One is, I mean, clearly business is, is going well. Uh, you're, you're very successful at what you do. And uh, I think that's awesome. And I think one of the things that jumped out at me as, as we were prepping for our conversation today was kind of this theme of, you know, female entrepreneurs, women-owned businesses. And so I was curious if you had any advice for anyone in our audience that's maybe a female entrepreneur who's interested in either starting a business or maybe scaling a business. I would say email me so we can go to an event together because I would love to have you as a guest. <laughs> I think um, I think that the women organizations and networking groups that I'm a part of, I'm a part of the dames, I'm a part of the no women, like women to know. Um, they're very strong women business owners and they do a variety of things and there's no limitations and there's no exclusivity. And they all, I noticed that they all, latch onto each other and pull each other up instead of being out for their own, you know, and I think it's a good business model and it's a great way to find potential clients, potential partners and anything else you might want to be getting out of business and just great advice. Like they're all very willing to share their stories. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. Kind of, you know, we have a lot of different people that, that watch and listen to this. Um, who is your ideal client? Like who, if there's somebody saying, Hey, I need help with branding or whatever. Um, who do you work with? We work with you. If you are tired of the DIY success approach to things, if you are ready to up level your business and are looking for a new way to sell and then are ready to possibly hire someone internally for marketing, but don't necessarily or you may not realize what their workload is and how much better it would be to have a team behind you supporting you with all the things instead of just a couple of things. And then you don't have to pay salary either. So. <laughs> Very cool. And if somebody, um, you know, they say, okay, I'm excited. I want to work with Caitlin. I want to work with her awesome team. What's that process look like of working with a branding specialist? Can you just kind of give us a little preview of that? Sure. Yeah. So usually you run into me at some point. You probably do. You, you have to talk to me. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> at, at, what, what comes next really is I do conduct an interview with you and this isn't anything scary and there's no right answers. I just want to know about you and the business and why you're doing this and what's important and what your goals are. If we can lay out a simple plan like that, then we decide what the next steps are. We usually do things in phases. So you don't have to do everything all at once. Um, if you have a specific goal in mind, we take that and reverse engineer it. So we kind of strategize and then help you implement things, whether you want to do it or whether you want to hand it off to us is up to you. Um, but we at least give you a roadmap to success, whatever success means to you. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. Well, anything else you want to share about Copper Theory Creative before we wrap up today? Uh, well... I think I usually say, if you can't have a beer with me, you can't be my client. So I'd love to get together and have a drink. Also, you can pet my dog named Herbie if you'd like. So I'm very much a dog person and I'm very, I used to be real into craft beer and I know it started as a joke, but it's kind of not anymore. So morning nice. label. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And awesome. then you know, I just want to say, I guess in, um, in wrapping up, I 
get where everyone is at in business. You know, I started as a one man show and I know what the DIY success approach means. And by, by all means, I've done everything the hard way. So I'm, I'm here for you. And if we, you know, if we can figure out how to help you with a, with a process like that, um, there's an easier way and I'd love to share whatever that might be. Awesome. Hey, you, you had me at beers, dogs, and branding. So that's a, that's a good business model. Yeah. <laughs> I have to let you in on a little known fact about David. He has a, uh, he has a, um, a previous uh, buddy of his, uh, Bulldog, uh, French Bulldog, right? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, was it Bernie or Gus? Was so Bernie, Bernie right? was in English. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but Bernie was the first one that you made the. Yes. Yes. So the going, the going joke about David was Bernie had a bigger following on Facebook than, than yep. David did. It's true. Yeah. It's <laughs> same. I follow more bulldogs on Instagram than people. So it's a true story. No, you're not the only one. Um, <laughs> I know you live in Utah, but we can at some point get a beer and, and do a dog game. But there you, go. Um, there you, go. Awesome. you are not the only one. I have gone back and forth so many times about starting an Instagram for good old Herbie over here. I have a 65 pound uh, blue nose pit bull, and he is activity level couch potato. We, you know, don't have, don't do a lot of. Yeah. anything really um so he is great at accompanying me to drinking beer <laughs> like, and yes <laughs> does exist so <laughs> talk yeah. about branding right <laughs> I, I feel like he could have a great brand i don't know if he, I think yeah. he <laughs> no he does have his own avatar like myself i have my okay. own avatar and he has made it into some brands before i'm nice. not gonna lie um, awesome. so you know how like people think that uh, you know, designers have sneaky things i'll just put my dog in there if you want if you want, nice. <laughs> I'll just put it in there if I feel like it. But if it relates, he does make it into some tiny things. I remember a I designed a T-shirt for ASU actually, and it's called Peoria Forward. It's their entrepreneurship and innovation mm -hmm. sector of things. And they I did a full-on T-shirt design that had people doing things in the community. But there was a boy and his dog, and that dog right. was my dog. Did anyone know? <laughs> no, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> very cool very cool well very good well thanks for all your insights and your time today caitlin uh i guess eric before we wrap up anything you want to share about my biz coaches so uh i mentioned the new website right you did i did yep. okay yeah so i mentioned the new website last week finally got that live a couple weeks ago uh more importantly we're still updating it so if there's anything broken on that feel free to uh, communicate that to info at mybizcoaches.com <laughs> um, but, uh, um, we are continuing to add and develop it. We actually are launching uh, the directory for uh, business coaches. So that'll be coming out here very shortly. And then we have the, um, we're also creating an entire directory of all of our vetted partners. So Huge. people that we highly recommend to our clients. So whether it's a payroll service, a marketing company, um, a CPA, a lawyer, whatever it might be, we're actually, they're actually, you can find the limited uh, portion of them on the site today, uh, but we're actually creating a separate directory with all of those partnerships that we've created with people that we, as I said, have vetted and we have worked with and we would highly recommend so that they're, they're being uh, populated to our site as we continue to add people to that. Very and cool. uh, our clients will actually be able to go to that site as an extension off the website to find those partners that we recommend. Nice. 
awesome. That's awesome. I, I, I would highly recommend using his directory because, I mean, they're already vetted, like you said, so you don't have to worry about quality of work or anything like that. And if they're a trusted resource, then you're already, you know, halfway there. Yeah, absolutely. Half the battle, right? <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, again, Caitlin, thank you for your time. It's been great, uh, you know, talking branding with you today and uh, and everything else. And uh, thanks for being a guest on the show. Thank you. I Absolutely. It. Awesome. Eric, great hanging out with you as well. And our audience will see you on the next episode. Thanks. Bye.